to an exclusive on Pod Hub Network. Your city, your podcast. To the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. Wow. He is out. The buck goes with That ball's in well to left center field. Back toward the track. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, good morning. Welcome to Starbucks. I am your host, Anthony DiNardo, with my co-host, Jim Rosati. Jim, welcome. It's a Wednesday morning, not a Tuesday. Apologize, but we're here. Yeah, we won't go into details as to why it's Wednesday, but yeah, good morning. Good morning. We wanted to make sure we wanted to make sure minor league opening day happens, so we had some stuff to talk about. Exactly. I mean, you know, why why have this big production about minor leagues coming back when there's really nothing to truly talk about? So you know, just skip a day. No, I'll tell yeah. you what. Uh, I mean, not to put any fault here, not to do anything. We, we you know we, we didn't do a stream yesterday, but I will say this too. I, w- I was going to bring this up yesterday as well. I want to ask you a question because I don't know if it is just me or what, but so my wake up routine, I have about four alarms that go off. Okay. And the yeah. reason for it as well is especially when I get like a lack of sleep. So like the night before, I think I had five hours of sleep, maybe four because of the West coast game. And just, you know, because we're doing the stream, the stream at 7 AM as well. So do you ever like when the alarm goes off and I swear it's like within this second, I have like this entire production made of why that alarm is false and turn off and go to bed. Like and in my, it, it's all like sudden of like in this entire like backstory and everything of why that alarm shouldn't be going off. Whether it's like, I, I don't feel well, um, you know, it's, it's actually should be a Saturday, whatever it happens to be like this whole scenario gets made up in my head and I turn the alarm off and go back to bed. Yeah, no, I, that doesn't happen to me. Usually <laughs> what happens to me is I set an alarm um, and it goes off and then I hit the snooze button and then the snooze alarm goes off and then I hit the snooze button again. Until I feel like getting up, basically. <laughs> so you're you're fully cognitive of what's happening, what's going on. You know it's time to wake up. Your ass just isn't going to wake up yet. Well, typically I will set the alarm about 27 minutes before I normally would have to wake up. 27. I like the precision. So that way I can snooze three times and then it'll it'll mean I'm up at the exact right time gotcha so you're all down the patterns routines here yeah i mean because i want to mathematically found out 27 minutes is that sweet spot yeah i want to snooze as many times as possible so i don't want to wake up too early but i do want to snooze a few times gotcha yeah i don't know it's so weird because that's how i honestly like yesterday once i like eventually got up i thought about i was like i i was probably this close yesterday to missing uh, or yeah, missing the show just for that fact. And that's why I have to have four because I feel like by the fourth time I realized, wait, maybe there's actually something to this alarm that's going off. And I check and, you know, like my brain starts working and I'm like, oh yeah, I got a, I got a show to do this morning. Better get up. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what the scenario was yesterday, but I recall like vividly the first two times just thinking like, no, this isn't it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turn yeah. the alarm off. So my problem yesterday was I just didn't set an alarm. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to out you, but now that you have. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the issue yesterday. But it's okay, folks. Alarm was set this morning, straight off the second late night bucking. Um, and also, Jim, here, a little bit happier. The Buckos are coming off of a win. They didn't waste a good pitching performance like Tyler Anderson's the other night. Um, they just got a... Good results from Mitch Keller and uh, got a W. And like you said, and we had our first actual day of minor league baseball that we can talk about. So a lot of stuff to talk about today. 
I guess maybe first let's let's start off with not last night's game, but the game before. Tyler Anderson was throwing a no no pretty deep into the game. Can we just start off? I mean, the bats look terrible, of course. Again, um, the the bullpen did bullpen type stuff for the most part. Let's just get to Tyler Anderson. Tyler Anderson, he's looked good. Like, there's really no other way to put it. You know, I know the first two starts, like there was a lot of hits. Like the ones, the one game he had like ten hits, right? But I put out there like that. He still looked impressive to me. Um, and as the the seasons progressed, it seems like everything's caught up with him. Like he has actually looked like a very, as you might say, a very fine pitcher, Jim. Mm-hmm. No, he's yeah. not sexy. No, he's not like this frontline ace. We didn't we didn't catch lightning in a bottle. At least I don't think so yet. But I do feel as if Tyler Anderson has shown so far, at least, that he's very capable of being in. I don't know if there's a rotation out there that he wouldn't slide into right now. Right. Yeah. Especially now with all the injuries that have occurred. Especially but, now. Yeah. The Dodgers might be knocking on the door right now for Tyler Anderson. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> he has, he has looked really good. I mean, obviously outperforming anybody's expectations of Tyler Anderson. Right. Yes. Um, I mean, he's in, he's yes. it's six starts, but Six six excellent starts. He has uh, he has really shown that he can get major league hitters out. So, uh, and, and it's not just that he's doing it, um, you know, the old way with balls in play and and weak contact, but you know he's getting swings and misses too. Uh, so he's uh, his fastball. Like again, we talked about it. I think we talked about it last week a little bit. That fastball. There's something about it that. People, people swing and miss. Like it's not the fastest in the world. It's mm-hmm. it's in the sixth percentile in, in velocity, but he gets swings and misses on it. And uh, yeah, it's. I think it's just his timing thing. I, I I haven't watched a lot of Tyler Anderson in the past, but you know they they brought it up during the broadcast this week that you know he, he changes up his delivery a lot. He, it, you you kind of watch him throw the ball. He never does the same thing twice. Right. Uh, and that and that's I don't know if it's just causing timing to, to come off or what, but yeah, twenty one per thirty percent whiff rate on his fastball so far this year. And uh it's been a pretty good pitch for him. And like you said, it's not blowing it yeah. by. It's not as if he's a roller mm-hmm. chapman. It's like here, I dare you yeah. to, to swing in and hit this, you know? Mm-hmm. So and, and I agree. Mm-hmm. It's not as if, you know, we've had Tyler Anderson tape for years to come and, and we're looking down this, but you know, I'm only I only make the comparison for this reason. You know, it's it is like very Johnny Cueto ish in the sense where like that hitch he has, it's it's different all the time. Not all the yeah. time, but he changes it up. I mean, Cueto will give you that shimmy and it'll last, you know, like a tenth of a second, and then he'll go like it seems like he's back there for like three seconds dancing before he finally pitches that. So we know he has like this little hitch in his delivery, but it's not the same. He doesn't repeat it all the time. So, mm-hmm. right, that hitch can, of course, throw hitters off to begin with. But then when you're not, you know, you don't have that time down because you don't know how long it's going to be or how he's going to do it, you know, the release point and everything, it can really throw hitters off. So I, I do believe there's something to that. Will, you know, hitters figure that out, you know, and, and get more accustomed to it as the year progresses? I mean, that's something to look into. Um, you know, that, there's potential there, right? I mean, that's why I'm not sure if like this, 324 ERA Tyler Anderson will last the whole time, but that's what has impressed me. You know, like he has come in here and guys are swinging and missing. You know, like the stuff is actually there. It's not really smoke and mirrors and, you know, he's got like a 100 baby up on the year and, and, you know, like this, it's this full blown out luck, you know, like he actually looks like he's out there and he's pitching and he's getting results. So, yes, it's just six starts, but right now, I mean, it's especially, I mean, the, the starters are pretty much trash right now, except for Brubaker. You know, like, he looks like uh, he's the ace of the staff almost, you know, between him and Brubaker. I mean, he's looked really, really good, and, you know, we talked early in the season as far as, like, trade chips. You know, like, can he be one potentially? I think our thought was more or less, like, there could potentially be a whole lot of injuries this year. Which I mean, there has definitely been injuries this year, but you know he might be, 
he might be traded just for the fact that like guys need arms. And right now, I think he's he's up that to he might be traded for because guys teams want him, not just have to you know by a need mm-hmm. need you know a Tyler Anderson. So I've I've really liked what I've seen out of him so far. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I think he's definitely an arm where, as we get closer and closer to the deadline, if he I mean, if, if if he continues to pitch, you know, near this level, yeah, he's going to be somebody the teams are going to want. So, j- just because, just because I have to play devil's advocate here, all right. We did, we, we did this with Colin Moran. That's why I'm going to do it here as well. <clears throat> Although Colin Moran, we've had a track record with, you know. But, uh, okay, so Tyler Anderson, he was signed to a one-year deal, right? He's 31 years old. He is pitching like this. Are you looking to trade him, or are you maybe even looking to say, let's extend him? I think you're 100% looking to trade him. So there's not there's there's no reason like in the back of your head the pirates should be looking at this and saying, let's offer maybe let's offer you a couple of deals years on a deal. Let's let's offer you a, a two year, three year extension, whatever. Keep you around for this rebuild potentially into the next regime. Okay. Yeah, probably. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and just say yeah, no, because first off, you're probably not doing an extension in the middle of the year like it's it would be at the end of the year so by that point if you're going to offer him an extension it's because he pitched well this year so you're probably not gonna pay the amount of money that that he's he's wanting i don't know i i no i'm i'm zero i i I mean let's let's put it like a two percent chance that tyler anderson is an extension candidate but extremely unlikely he's he he was brought in here to to eat innings and to potentially bring somebody over at the deadline and and I think that's what he's going to do. Good. Okay, I'm with you. So that's settled. So unlike Colin Moran, where I think you kind of convinced me where I could I could see a scenario. Um, I, I don't think there's any reason to even like look at like t- the only reason Tyler Anderson here is to give innings and to potentially be a trade chip. And I think he's successfully so far becoming both. Um. Yeah, I, I don't even. Th- I'm not going to go too much into discussion. Actually, let's just drop it from here, Vaughn. Uh, Tyler Anderson, not an extension candidate. We're looking to trade him really as soon as you can, as soon as you get something of real value. Um, anything else stand out for the game before on Monday night? That was it about Monday's game. Um, yeah, Tyler Anderson. I mean, it was kind of cool to have all the alerts on your phone, like all the no hitter alerts come in. That was we haven't <laughs> had one of those in a while. Yep. And then immediately, yeah, there was a hit. Yeah, <laughs> so, immediately. Oh, well, I mean, it, it was good. It was a really good performance. Yeah. It's against, of course, the Padres. The Padres, it's it's funny. I mean, I think a lot of us watched that Padres-Dodgers series. And boy, those Padres look like juggernauts. And it it's it seems kind of funny. I mean, I'm, I'm not out of here just trying to hype up the Pirates or anything. But, like... The Pirates and Dodgers, I'm sorry, the Pirates and Padres series, it just seems like the, the Padres turned into pumpkins. They, they haven't been impressive ever yeah, uh, in any no, game I mean, that they've played. Yeah, if you look like offensively, Padres haven't. I mean, I feel like their pitching has been decent, but offensively, the Padres haven't haven't really done much against this Pirates staff. No, Pirates, this Pirates pitching just shut the Pirate, Padres right down. It's crazy. Anyways, weird all right. About, so, yeah, baseball's weird. <laughs> right. So I'm with you. And we have, with being weird, the, the series is tied now. Uh, they're back to 500 on the season because the Pirates ended up winning last night. So they ended their five-game losing streak. Mitch Keller takes them out, and as we all, we all knew he was going to stop it, right, Jim? We all knew Mitch Keller was going to put an end to this losing streak. Last night against the Padres, he comes out, not a no-hitter, but he comes out, Pitches effectively. Pirates take the win. The reason I want to say the reason I say it that way too is I, I want to ask your viewpoint on this. Mitch Keller's performance last night. I say pitch effectively because the results were there, and obviously results always trump everything. You know, I mean, I, you could be all smoke and mirrors, but if you end the season at like, two ERA, that's what matters, right? 
And mm-hmm. last night, like the results were there. He got outs. He was pretty efficient. Um, and of course got the W. But I wasn't leaving that start too confident, if that makes sense, with Mitch Keller. I didn't look at it and feel like he really turned a corner. Um, let's go. I almost felt as if there was a lot of like smoke and mirrors to that performance. It was good, right? The results were there. It's helpful. But I didn't really feel like this is the launching pad to like the next stage of Mitch Keller's turnaround. How do you feel? Tell me I'm wrong. I guess I guess my question is why why do you why do you think that? Well, I guess the reason is I mean, he threw 70% fastballs. Okay. Yep. Wasn't getting any swings and misses. And for the most part, I mean, he was getting hit pretty hard. Not regularly, but there was a lot of hard contact. Now, luckily for him, a lot of it went into the dirt. Um, he got out. But I think he had, what, four swinging, four whiffs last night. Four swings and misses the entire yep. game. A lot, again, a lot of fastballs. And even on top of that, it wasn't as if he was, like, out there just with precision hitting his marks. I mean, like, the one that stands out the most, and this is one example, right? And I'm not saying it was every time. But, like, the one that stood out was he threw a perfect fastball to... Machado for a strikeout. But it's not where the ball was supposed it. to go, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. Stallings is it up inside and it was just perfectly painted on the outside there. And, you know, Machado struck out. But again, that's not where it was supposed to be. Like he lucked into that strikeout to a degree. It just wasn't, it, it, it seemed like it just wasn't all there. And that's why. Okay. Um, I, I, so I agree with you on the fastball thing. Like it was weird. It was, we, uh, it kind of took us back to when Keller first got called up. I remember when Keller first got called up and it was like, why is he throwing all these fastballs? You have that amazing curveball and he doesn't use it. Right. Yeah. So it was, it was strange to see, um, but at the same time he was having success with it. Right. Um, I think more than anything, there was a point last night where, Actually, I actually think it was Machado was up and it was the 12th batter of the game. And uh, the Padres approach last night was against Keller was kind of interesting. They, they, I know up to that point, up to that Machado at bat, they did not swing at a first pitch. So the first 12 batters of the game all let the first pitch go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think what, but like what I like to see, what I liked about Keller last night. And again, I don't know if this pitch breakdown is something that is going to stick around, but it, it worked last night. Maybe that was the game plan going in against this Padres lineup was to throw, sure. you know, tons of fastballs. It sounds like that's what it was. Um, but what I liked about it was he at least was in the zone, right? He, he's, he's, he was attacking hitters with that fastball. He was, he really was basically just, here's my fastball, hit it, Right. Um, and, and the Padres for pretty much the entire game showed that they couldn't do it. Right. Uh, so I think that was good to see. And, and cause we talk a lot about how Mitch Keller, it's, this is a confidence thing. Like he just needs to trust his stuff and, and know that he can get major league hitters out. And I think last night is a good stepping stone for him to be like, okay, you know what? Maybe I belong here. Um, because he was, he was just, showing the Padres what he's got and the Padres weren't doing anything with it. Um, I said he was, he was mostly around the zone two walks, um, which is a lot better than what we've seen. I I mean, I I was good with that, but I think for the most part, he was working ahead um, in the count for, for most of the game. And that's just going to automatically make you a better pitcher. Um, So I I think, I think it was, it was nice to see, like, I'm not going to say that, you know, this is, this is Mitch Keller now. Right. Uh, but it was good to see, uh, it was good to see him getting ahead of hitters. It was good to see him attacking them. It was good to see him just saying, Hey, here's what I got. Come and hit it. And it was nice to see that they couldn't hit it. Um, you know, so, so I, I, I enjoyed the performance. It was a little weird, right. Just because of the pitch usage, it was more like a Steven Brault start than it was a Mitch Keller start. That That's a good, um, point. you know, but, uh, 
but it worked. It worked. Uh, so, Hey, whatever, whatever works at this point for Keller, I'm cool with like, he needs, he needs to see that he can get major league hitters out and do it consistently. And, and last night was last night. He did that. And and that all like, I, I agree with, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to really poo poo on this start and say like, it was terrible by any means. And actually, so a couple comments here, which it's funny, ironically, you can use both, you know, one comment is, well, that's a bad start for a good starter. That's what a bad start for a good starter looks like. And then someone called back and said, or a good start for a bad starter. <laughs> right? <laughs> and and that's yeah. part of it. Like, we don't know what Mitch Cutler really is right now. I mean, so far, he's a bad starter. Um, I mean, just is what it is. He came in this this game with like an 8.3 ERA, whatever it was. I mean, you can't deny he's, at this point, been a bad starter more than a good starter. Right? Um, yeah. Yes, there are certainly things in here that stand out that that is good, right? And and I feel like maybe I don't know if it was a, a, the plan for the Padres or maybe just a plan for Mitch Keller. Like, let's just come in here and like I'm with you too. Like, this certainly seemed like it was a strategy to throw the fastball seventy percent of the time. So maybe that's what it was. Like, let's just get Mitch on track, just throw the fastball, and like I get that aspect. But I, what I also feel like so if there's a hundred other dimensions, right? I feel like. In 60 of those dimensions, Mitch Keller got lit up last night. If, you know, if, that, if, if that makes sense. That, yeah, that's kind of no, where I'm coming sense. from. Like last night, the results were good. But I feel like they, they probably shouldn't have been this good, you know, for all, like, all these reasons. It was good seeing this stuff from Mitch Keller. This is a lot of stuff that we needed to see. And again, like this might be something he can definitely build upon. But I didn't look at last night's start saying we got Mitch Keller turned around. You know, like, oh, this is Mitch. Because this isn't like this isn't Mitch Keller. This isn't his profile for the most part. Like, this isn't Mitch Keller. This might be a way to bridge that gap to eventually get to what we need to get to Mitch Keller, which is good. And that's fine. If this if that's how this has to be done and it works, then we're good and and all. But like I guess that's my little concern here is like it was good to see the results, but I didn't come away from that just saying like, wow, from Mitch Keller. I still a little bit worried about that. So I guess it's just like, let's see the next performance now. Where do we go from here? Yeah, like in no way is this like, oh, Mitch Keller's back, right? Um, <clears throat> or if he was ever here, I don't know. But, but. <laughs> But it was it was still it was nice to see. Uh, it was nice to see him so throw strikes. But like, I think feel like that's the biggest thing with him right now is just like throw the ball in the zone, throw strikes, see if major league hitters can hit it. Because I said last night he showed that if he's in the zone, they couldn't hit him. Cool, cool. That, that's what's important right now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So again, Mitch Keller does come out there, good results, and he, I mean, obviously he looked better than he has most of the time this year like i'll give him that um and of course the reasons too were because of all the stuff that he was doing i mean he's walking people right and left he has you know no confidence so at least he's doing that stuff which is good he has looked he did look better tonight than most times this year um i guess moving on from him anything else stand out from you last night performance wise is i mean is there really anything i guess to talk about with this lineup Let's let's kind of go there. <laughs> We've had the fun Pirates little lineup there for a bit, right? It was fun with Philip yeah. Evans. It was fun <clears> when <throat> Moran was, you know, just blasting right and left here. Um, now that we have a little over a month of results, I, I think we kind of see this lineup for what it really is. And we were still saying it then, like it's it's not very deep, obviously, but man. There's, you know, I, I guess like when you look at this and, and you and you maybe not 100 losses, but for the people that were predicting 100 losses and such, like you can understand to a degree why that's there. Like there's just no depth. And, and this offense has to be carried, it seems like, by a few people every night. Because if Moran ain't on it, right, if Eric Gonzalez isn't hitting a fastball off the yard, then you're not getting any run support. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you look last night, I mean, Eric Gonzalez like single-handedly won the game last night with that yeah. second run. I mean, he, he, he singled, he stole second, and then he 
scored on a ground ball to the second baseman. <laughs> Which, by the way, so, and not to really cut yeah. you off here, I just want to point this out too. <laughs> that hit and run was so bad. <laughs> you say he stole second, right? I mean, you can tell it clearly yeah, had to be a hit and run. And it was just right. so funny because, of course, it had to be because Stallings swung at it. And I swear, I mean, Stallings is like seven foot three, and he had to swing right. up in the air to try to hit that ball. So. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a Bosch hit and run that worked out. But no, yeah, Eric Gonzalez, I mean, without that run, then we're into extra innings and who knows what happens. Right. But uh, yeah, no, he, so, so that was, that was, that was fun to see that, that, I mean, it was all Eric Gonzalez. Um, but no, I'm with you. The offense has kind of come back to down to earth, right? Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, with all these hitters, all these hitters who were hot, and they were all hot at the same time. I mean, you could say Frazier, Reynolds, Evans, Moran, Gonzalez, and Stallings were really all hitting right there at the beginning of the year. Now you've kind of seen a lot of these guys cool off. Brian Reynolds seems like he's still been pretty consistent. Colin Moran's still playing okay. Um, but, you know, Evans has really cooled off. Frazier's still hitting the ball decent. Um, so... But for the most part, yeah, the depth of this lineup, once you get past like those two or three guys, the rest of this lineup is not good. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah, and I said it's, it's going to come down to a depth thing, especially, I mean, now that Polanco's out, this outfield, I mean, you're, you're going to be playing Kai Tom every single game at this point um, because you have to. Oh, right. You, know, <laughs> you really have no other options. Wilmer Defoe is going to get significant playing time here, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's not pretty. Like I said, what and I said, we all knew this was going to happen at some point. They were going to have to they were going to have to show what they had depth wise, and it's not looking very good. Like there are entire portions of the lineup that that are just easy outs, right? Um, and that's I think we've clearly seen. You know, you knew like seventy nine was pretty bad, but it's getting even even smaller now. I, you know, the throw up Evans that was kind of fun. Um, it, it's not as if he's been like just completely terrible either. Like he he has swung and hit the ball kind of hard. He's got a little bit unlucky. Um, you know, like some of the balls gone the outfield and caught. It's not as if he's just been a complete bum out there, and that's why he's falling hard right now. You know, um. But it's he's certainly cooled off, and it just feels like I mean obviously like if someone gets hurt I mean if Colin Rand right just pick him like if Colin Rand gets hurt it's I mean really what's this lineup Adam Frazier you know leading it off to get on base to get picked off at first base right and then you have Eric Gonzalez who as long as it's a fastball he might be able to hit it right Brian Reynolds is looking good like Brian Reynolds it, I'm very happy. And please, what I see of Brian Reynolds so far, I'm very confident to say Brian Reynolds is a good player. You know, last year was worries, same worries with Newman, right? But of this year, they're complete polar opposites. You know, Newman's still giving you the 2020 season where Reynolds is showing no. Like 2019 was legit, still doing the same thing. He's not going to hit for a ton of power still. You know, what do you have? He has two home runs so far this year. You know, I don't foresee him going to turn into this, you know, power guy but he's going to be hitting the gaps just kind of like we was doing it in 19 like he's going to have solid average you know it's what we talked about like he's never hit under 300 anywhere up until last year um so i think the guy's a hitter other than that i agree like colin yeah. moran is it been impressive because of i guess what we're a lot ex you know what we've been expecting of him um but yeah like if colin moran goes down you know like this lineup you just walk reynolds and you're good <laughs> That's really all you have to do. Just walk mm -hmm. Reynolds. There's nobody you fear. The team can't hit a home run to save its life as a whole in general. You know, like they have to string hits together, yeah. and there's only two guys in the team that can that can hit, and and one of them gets out on the base pass every time. So, <laughs> yeah, the the lack of power is really concerning, and then and then we all knew it going into the year. Like we looked at this lineup and was like you know, where our home runs going to come from. And, and you're seeing it that, it, I mean, especially this day and age, it's hard because pitchers are going to strike you out. I mean, the pirates are better than most teams at putting the ball in play, 
but they've got they still have a lot of guys who are putting ball in play and it's weak contact right um which which doesn't do do you any good mm-hmm. but like this day and age it's it's hard to put up a lot of runs if you're not hitting the ball over the fence like that's that's an easy way to get get runs across and that is something that the pirates don't do there are very few people in the lineup who who are capable of of doing it. I mean, you look, you actually look at the lineup and like, there's people in there who, I mean, the Pirates started three guys yesterday who I don't even think like could hit a home run once every 200 at bats. <laughs> and and, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. stall, we saw Stallings a couple of times where like you thought he'd like put an absolute charge into balls, right? Right. And right and it like track. goes to the warning track, right? Like that's like that's like the farthest he can hit the ball. Um, Tom is not a major league baseball player. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I'm fine with giving him some playing time right now, but like just because I mean, who else are you gonna put there? Uh, and, and we can kind of. I don't know if we want to talk about that, but like Brian Goodwin, I, I, I don't know what Brian Goodwin did to like Ben Sherrington's family, but like with how awful the pirates outfielders have been, like how did Brian Goodwin not even get like a, um, uh, um, <laughs> I'm honestly perplexed on that. Also. I, I mean, so, we honestly thought he's making the open day roster. Yeah. Square yeah. Away, the only reason he might lose playing time to Alfred is just for the fact that Alfred's new shiny toy. Let's see what he has. Because if there's a future for either of them, it's going to be Alfred and not Goodwin. But Goodwin's clearly the best center field option we've had on the team. And somehow or another, he's the only option that wasn't used. I don't like understand not, it either. Wasn't used at all. They they just released him. Now, you know, he's signed with the White Sox, which, you know, makes perfect sense with all the injuries that they've had. Right. And their two-thirds of their outfield is hurt now. Um but yeah, I mean, Brian, Brian Goodwin is coming off a year where, you know, two years ago, he hit 17 homers last year in the, you know, the, the little, the small year he hit six. So like the guy can actually, like if, if Brian Goodwin were on the team, he might be the best power power hitter on the team, to be honest with you. Um, and actually yeah. that's probably yeah. not a stretch. Like he probably is the best power hitter on the team. If he's on the team. I mean, what is um, it? Polanco and Moran that you're looking at? Like the only other options yeah. you know yeah and moran's never hit 17 home runs in a season right <laughs> so like yeah so like i don't i don't get how he at least didn't get some playing time you know but oh well whatever it's it's fine um what were we talking about oh just the lack of power so yeah tom, i mean stallings yeah. tom um, and then who else was in there yesterday? You can't hit a home run. Kevin Newman, well, Kevin right? Newman. So you had, yeah. So, so Newman, Tom, and Stallings all in there. None of them even capable of hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Um, I, I say that a little bit facetiously. Stallings does have one right, home run. But, I mean, it really but, is true. Like, you're yeah. not looking at either of them and fearing that I might give up a home run here. If bases were loaded, right, yep. you're not thinking I'm going to give up a grand slam. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it, it's it's not a lineup that you look at, and any pitcher is scared of. If you're not in the major leagues and you're a pitcher, you are not worried about facing the Pirates. So, and I guess that's why I just want to preference this. Like, uh, you know, I'm not out here touting either that they now will go for 100 losses. My prediction was end up being 101. Right? I said 61 wins. Um, But I think like now we are truly seeing why the people who did say that like had a little bit of an argument to them. This, I put it out there also, like if this team didn't have Adam Frazier, and it's not like Adam Frazier has been, you know, MVP caliber. Like, like we're talking about, like I joke about like average Joes and scrubs. Like this isn't stars and scrubs. This is average Joes and scrubs. Like if this team didn't have Adam Frazier, if they didn't have Rich Rod, if they didn't have Crick, and if they didn't have Tyler Anderson, where would this team be? And I say that too, and I strategically use those players because really they've been probably the better echelon of this team, right, performance-wise. And those are all four guys that you're looking to probably trade. So like if and when those guys are traded, 
you're left with the rest of this team to play. And that's what I get at. Like, you know, like, again, Adam Frazier's not lighting the world up. But, like, you take away even Adam Frazier from this lineup, you know, and now right, you like take he, away Anderson from yeah. that rotation and now Crick and Rodriguez from that bullpen. This is a bad team. Right. Like, you take Frazier away and you plug Cole Tucker in there and Cole Tucker and Newman are playing every day and you've got a middle of field that's hitting, in you know, 175, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> – yeah, and that's kind of why I, why I threw out my prediction was because I I could anticipate this team like at some point just being completely gutted, um, and that team doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You have like one competent. Now I, I know Broad hasn't made his you know debut yet. He's coming back, so he can he can add something. Maybe Cole gets to turn around to a little bit of a degree here, but right. Like, I mean, outside of JT Brubaker, you take out Tyler Anderson, this rotation. I mean, wow, it's awful. It's awful, <laughs> you know? And then like the bullpen, the bullpen has been successful this year. The bullpen as a whole unit has been good, but I also feel like it, it's really relied upon Rich Rod and Crick giving you literally zero runs for the entire season so far, you know? Not to say Sam Howard hasn't looked good. Not to say Bednar hasn't had moments, but like it's not. It's also not deep. Yeah. So yeah. it can. It's a strong point now, but it's also strong because you're getting lights out performances that aren't sustainable. I mean, Crick and Rodriguez aren't going to go a whole season and not give up a run. But then I don't again, know about that. you don't. You're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know Richrod has technically pitched a perfect game so far. Right, he's made twenty-seven or twenty-eight consecutive outs, so he's pitched a reliever yeah. perfect game. He did so it again with no it. strikeouts last night too. Like he's, it, it's insane. I, it's crazy. I yep. love him. He's the man. But right, yeah, you take out Crick and Rodriguez, and now that bullpen, I'm not, I'm not too fearful of it. I, I don't think it's going to hold up too long as being one of the better. At, you know, bullpens in the NL, baseball, whatever at that point. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a lack of depth. And that's why I think a lot of us can see, like, this team isn't going to be hunting for 500. Um, it's going to be a lot of bad baseball this summer. But still not saying that there's not intriguing things to watch and to stand out for or whatever. But it's going to be a lot of bad baseball. Um, even when they win, like last night, there's bad baseball. Okay, so also one thing I want to bring up, too. You talk about Eric Gonzalez. I mean, obviously, that play was exciting. Just the, the fact yeah. that he took off, the fact that he scored from second on, you know, a ground out, essentially. I mean, it should have been a ground out. Yeah, it should have been a ground out. <laughs> <laughs> right? He scored from second was amazing. But I, I just had to point something out there. So he does make that play, and it was exciting, rah-rah, awesome. But also to a degree, Tom did, I mean, I, I said it out there, I made fun of it because he's made several base path errors so far he's gotten out where he shouldn't have but that was a very similar play to eric gonzalez when tom took off and tried to to get third right that was more of a damn like shout out to kim great play on kim excellent play everyone hated tom everyone loved eric gonzalez but really they're about the same play yep One worked and one didn't. So, I mean, that's the difference. <laughs> right. So, you know, Eric Gonzalez could easily have been out much like Tom was. And Eric Gonzalez today is the savior. Like you mentioned, like they won the game because of Eric Gonzalez. Whereas he could have also been the scapegoat and said, well, well if Eric Gonzalez didn't make that stupid play, you know, the Pirates could have had a chance. Um, anyways, yeah, I, just, I wanted to throw that out there when you brought up the play about Eric Gonzalez earlier. I forgot. So, but yes. So anyways, I guess now where were we at? <laughs> I got us off topic. We were talking about things to look forward to, oh, um, yes. which I think is a good segue. Yes. For minor league opening day last night. Absolutely. So we actually have things to talk about <laughs> because we waited a whole day. Jim didn't sleep in. We just strategically waited a whole day to talk about this. What an opening day for the minor leagues. I mean, not that we were craving minor league baseball, at least some of us, you know, because we didn't get any of it last year. Yeah. But, I mean, the Pirates are in a rebuild. There's actual real value and reasons to be intrigued for these teams. 
because that is the future. But on top of all those reasons, I feel like yesterday was was awesome in the sense that like everyone that you wanted to see perform, I felt like performed except for Priester. Like Priester was like the only one I felt like that had a bad game that you're looking at yesterday. Yeah, it was it was fun. Um, you know, I was able to to catch since the Pirates had a late game, right? We were able. I was actually able to watch some some minor league baseball, which was <laughs> right. which was cool. But um, but it was it was great to see. Like, I mean, all these guys who we've been waiting to see play baseball for <clears throat> over a year now, we finally got to watch them last night. I mean, it's one game, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's talk about a couple guys. How about well, we start off with Piguero? Okay. So Piguero, yeah. So like Piguero is a guy that we've talked about a lot as somebody that you know we wanted to to see and Marte trade. Literally, like the first, the first, uh, really the first highlight of the night, three run homer by by Piguero. So that was that was pretty cool. So opening day home run for Piguero, first game in a Pirates uh, organization uniform. Um, Three-run bomb. Yep. So, yeah. Dripping with power. Dripping with power. And a shortstop. I mean, a shortstop uh, dripping with power. And a good glove. Yeah, so Piguero and then, I mean, Gonzalez, too, right behind him with a, with a double. So, uh, Gonzalez had a pretty good game. Um, well, one for four with a double and a walk. Mm-hmm. Piguero, one for four with a homer and a walk. So, so some... Uh, Decent performances there out of the Greensboro guys. That Greensboro team is going to be fun with Piguero and Gonzalez. Um, their pitching staff looks nasty. We won't talk too much about Quinn Priester. He had he like he like the only he was like the only guy who had like a rough rough uh, rough opener from from guys that we want to want to highlight. But sure, a lot of and and I didn't watch that, but I think a lot of that was aided by some defensive issues. Looks like there were two errors you know, yeah, in there's, yep three innings so I mean, he so who knows what he was dealing with there uh it's kind of hard to tell minor leagues baseball it's, it's it's if you ever watched it or like college baseball it's if you don't have good defense behind you sometimes things start to unravel <laughs> um, i mean hell it's just a little we watch little the different. pirates yeah. and we see that so <laughs> that's true we see we see that in major league baseball <laughs> If you've yeah. watched the Pirates for a few years now, <laughs> anything on the more, first base side. Yeah. Right. It's a more common occurrence in the minor leagues than there you go. in the majors, you know. But yeah, Priester, um, three innings, six runs, only three earned. But yeah, it wasn't pretty. So, But I felt like that. Yeah, that's the thing. Like That was the one I felt like poor performance by anyone that you're really intrigued to see yesterday. So I'll take that as a huge W. I, of course, would rather have seen Priester succeed. There's a lot of hype around Priester, so I'm I'm really zoned in and focused on Priester because all the hype came from his performance at this alternate site last year that nobody could see, but apparently everyone talked about. So now we can right. start seeing this stuff. And, of course, our first taste was, well, he gave up three on runs in three innings. So that is what it is. Like you said, it's just one start. But, yes, definitely nice to see, right, Piguero? get the home run and Gonzalez thing started with a double mm-hmm. in the walk. And then the next three, you got out. Um, but yeah, so that's like you said, we'll start with the Greensboro. Do you want to move on to, uh, or what's that? Let's talk. Let's talk about, yeah. I mean, another one that, that was just awesome last night. And this is what I was actually able to see was, uh, Ronzi Contreras. Yes. So, Oh my gosh. Like he, first off his just presence on the mound, like he's, He's a big guy. So, you know, he he is an imposing character out there. Like he was he was just it says he's six feet one seventy-five on on like but I, I don't think that's right. Like he looked bigger than that. Because he was just out there and he was just dominating these dub play hitters. And he was facing a pretty good team, like in in the uh, in the Baltimore's double A team, Bowie. You know, he, so he he faced Adley was in there. Um, he struck Adley out twice. So you're talking about the number two or three prospect in baseball, depending on on who you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, just shut him down. Uh, so that was that was fun to see. Um, it was kind of cool to see 
the pitching performance because you know Baltimore was uh, throwing out DL Hall, who's like their top pitching prospect, and he looked really good too. Speaking of speaking of other pitchers, DL Hall struck out ten and four and a third. Ronzi Contreras struck out eleven and five. So dominating pitching performances uh, in Double A last night, but uh, it was it was I mean Contreras looked just just awesome. He he gave up five hits, but no walks, eleven strikeouts. And, and I'll tell you what, his, his breaking ball was just, it was, it, it was hard to, for anybody to, to do anything with it last night, his fastball, he was blown up by hitters. I think he was hitting like 95, 96 most of the night. Um, but, uh, he looked really good. Um, good command staying, throwing strikes and, uh, yeah, no one could hit it. It, it was, it was exciting to see it, it, it really like that trade, I mean, I know it's one game, but but geez, it's looking it's looking good. It's looking good. <laughs> I, I I don't want to jump off the cliff and just be like you mm-hmm. know the town trade like look at this, but you can't be any for what evidence and what we've seen so far. You can't be, I think, any more happier in a return than what we have right now. And I I was where I mean I was definitely on board with do you know do you trade tie on now or do you wait into the season because i just felt like if you trade them now you're going to get like the lowest value maybe you get like an intriguing prospect but like what charrington got for tile right with never pitching a game after his second tommy john it's early returns it's very very short sample but you know you you've seen the scouting reports you've seen a little bit of spring Right, some of the guys you've seen in the major leagues, some of the guys now you've seen in the minor leagues and whatnot. Like, you just—it's you have every reason to be excited for literally every player in that tie-on trade, and that to me is amazing. I, right now, I don't care about performances. I don't—I don't know and care what's going to happen three years. I mean, of course, I care to a degree what's going to happen three years down the line. But all I'm saying is, right now to this point. You have legit reasons to be excited, right? Not just pleased, excited for literally every player in that tie-on trade. That to me is amazing in that return. Yeah. Not could they all not pan out. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. But like, you know, if you could be excited for one player and find, well, there's three guys that could be a major leaguer. To me, that's almost like a win in a tie-on trade at that point. There's four guys that you mm-hmm. can legitimately have excitement for. And and yes, mm-hmm. one of them was definitely Contreras last night, and he wasn't the highlight of the trade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Contreras was. I mean, I feel like when the trade happened, it was like, yeah, he'll probably go to the bullpen. Um, but, but psych, yeah, he looked awesome last night. Um, sticking without Tuna O'Neill Cruz had two hits. Yes, Mason Martin, you know, one for three with a walk. I think the Pirates, like from a power standpoint, you know, Mason Martin is going to be an interesting person to watch this year because, again, if you look at the Major League team, just zero power whatsoever. Like O'Neill Cruz and Mason Martin are those two guys in the minor leagues who could actually potentially solve that problem. Um, so, you know, those two will be interesting to watch this year. Martin still needs to cut down on the strikeout, struck out twice, but. Again, he he does have a ton of power, so it'll be it'll be. I'm interested to see how he handles that jump up to Double A this year. True. And then we talked about the outfield situation. The outfield situation in Pittsburgh not looking good. Injuries happening. Everyday starter Kai Tom, right? Um, first Triple A at bat last night. Travis Swaggerty yes. goes yard. Okay. So that was that was awesome. Um, I mean, he had, he went three for four last night with a walk. So just an outstanding AAA debut for for Travis Swaggerty. Out of anybody on that Indianapolis team, it's a very like as, as interesting as these lower level teams are. Mm-hmm. Indianapolis is like equally as uninteresting. <laughs> it's it's there's not a lot of exciting players on this Indians team, um, but Swaggerty is the one that you know you kind of want to watch. Um, because he, you know, Tyler, Tyler called it, you know, earlier this year, he said Swaggerty is going to be the second most valuable Pirates outfielder this year. And as of right now, that's not looking too far. 
out of the question. I mean, he, he it's he's not really be like a that. challenge. <laughs> but yeah, it's not not really too challenging. But like with all, I mean, you you've seen Alfred's done. You know, he's missed his shot. Um, Fowler missed his shot. Now they're on Tom here. Goodwin's gone. Goodwin's like, gone. Yeah, Goodwin's gone. So like it's swaggered on top of that. Um, yeah. Oh, what's his name? All of us hurt. Yeah, he's he's out yeah. for for a bit. So like he yeah. would have been the next man up, you would assume. Yeah, mm-hmm. Let, let's let's rewind back actually a little bit. The fact that Swaggerty started off in AAA, I was a yeah. little surprised on that. Uh, you know, I, I guess I just assumed he'd probably start off in, in AA. He makes the jump to AAA. I mean, to me, that was pretty aggressive considering what he's put up so far. Now, again, obviously, like last year being a lost season just changes a lot of things, right? Who knows what would happen? But I think a big part of this was kind of like with Priest or like what's going on behind the scenes that we can't see. There's been a lot of talk about Swaggery, how impressive he's been, you know, at the alt site and such. So they put him right in the AAA. And now let's get back to the present tense. First game, as mentioned, three for four with a home run. Like that's, you could have made a better debut right now. And I think it just pushes it even further. So, you know, there was the over under Tyler did talk about it. And I think Tyler even, he was pretty strong on it. Uh, Tyler, I think said 40 plus games. He's going to get this year in Pittsburgh. Right. I think that's what he said. If I'm on, I think only I asked 20 or something, but he's like, no, if you said 40, I'd give 40. The way that outfield looks right now. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Swaggerty 2021. I mean, it's almost, I, I would think it's almost a given at this point, right? I mean, you got to assume that Kai Tom is not going to be on this team very long. I can only assume. I hope. <laughs> so, and, you know, and, and it's not even like it has to be Swagger. Like, at least, it's going to be somebody yeah. soon here, you know, probably right. the next few right. weeks. So like it's going to be just an act of attrition, I think, more than anything. Like Swaggerty, at some point, as long as he doesn't like flop here in AAA, right? Because it it is an ag- aggressive assignment. You know, he he was in High A in 2019. He was an above average hitter in High A, so it's not like he was a, like a bust or anything. He wasn't bad, but right, he wasn't out of this world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he he was he was okay. He was good. Um. Like I think he was he was an all he was a Florida State League All Star right whatever whatever you know you want to give credence to that but um, then then 2020 hits he's at the alternate site and I guess the Pirates like what they saw from him out of the alternate site and out of spring training to be like okay you know what you're you're good to skip Double A um, and, and they put him in Triple A so yeah aggressive assignment I think it was I, I like the move because. You know, first off, just like with his age, I mean, he's 23 now. I mean, like yeah. I, I've, I've I've said it a few times already. Like this is Travis Swaggerty's like do or die year, in terms of like, is he a prospect? Right? Like he's either going to show this year that he is a prospect to actually like pay attention to, or he's not. If he if he if he does if he does what he does in 2019 again, where he's just like an okay guy, mm-hmm. there's really not anything to be excited about with Travis Waggery. Um, if he can show that he's the guy that we hopefully were hoping he was going to develop into when he was drafted, like just somebody who does everything well, he doesn't have any tools that are like off the charts. Great. He's just, he's, you know, when they drafted him, like he's, he's good at everything. He, he should be able to hit, should be able to hit with a little bit of power. He's, he's, he's got the speed. He's, he can feel so like he can do everything well those were kind of his, his tools. If he can develop into that, then you're looking at like another Brian Reynolds type guy. Right. Right. And, and I think that's kind of what, what we would be hoping for from, from Swaggerty. But think about it. And that's the thing. So, you know, he, he makes an aggressive lunch that he makes it, but he's given the aggressive push to triple a. So that stood out a little bit. So I'm like, okay. Um, and yes, it is just one game obviously, but you one know, game. yeah. Right. I, I mean, it was good to see this. And right. So the reason he got that push is you're hearing that he's impressed people. So it kind of puts you on alert, like with, again, like with Priester. So maybe there is more. I mean, they're seeing more to Swagger to do this. Maybe there is more. So I'm, I guess, more intrigued on Swaggery right now than 
I probably was two weeks ago. In my mind, I almost was writing Swaggerty off. And maybe that's just my fault. You know, I just felt, you know, Swaggerty, I, I didn't hate the draft pick. Um, but obviously, his tenure so far with the minor leagues and such, I kind of felt as he was going to be just a guy. You know, it kind of stinks. It was a high draft pick to a degree. Um, He's going to end up just being a guy now because of what I'm hearing. And, you know, maybe he will be, like you're saying, a prospect. Um, So maybe I got to jump in and say, okay, I got to clear my head and thought right now. Really look into this. And, yes, first game, just one game, but still the first game, three or four. My eyes are open now again on Swaggerty. Let's definitely look into this. But you are right, too. Outside of Swaggerty, there's really not much on AAA to look at. (laughs) It's kind of crazy though, because we like we talk about Swaggerty, and I think a lot of us kind of did write him off as as far as like a top prospect goes. The guy last night was his one hundred and seventy third minor league baseball game. Okay, so like the guy's Fair. like barely played <laughs> over a year, you know? Right? Um, yeah, and, and in that one full year he had, like he was he was good. Like he wasn't great, but he was good. Um, it's just, I think what, what what was crazy about Swaggerty and what hurt him a lot was last year, right? Like last year would have been like his, okay, let's show what you got in double A year. And it never happened. And so it kind of just like, he got, he kind of got pushed back. Um, but yeah, now we're seeing him again. And, and so he will be a very interesting person to watch um, this year at Indianapolis. Rest of the Indianapolis team, not so interesting. And um, in Swaggerty potentially. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would be shocked at this point. And it's one game, so I'm not, and I'm not even really putting stock into like what he has to do with Indy. But I think just in general, it would be surprising that Swaggerty doesn't make Pittsburgh at some point this year. Yeah, uh, no, I'm, I'm with you there too. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I yeah. talk about the one game, and of course, the one game is nice to see the three for four. But yeah. also, right, the the results could have been over four last night. And I think I'm still right. with you. The fact that he's in AAA to me speaks more than what happened last night. The fact that he's in AAA tells me the Pirates seem to be motivated to get him to that next step. Um, and and you are correct. Like I mean, this this outfield is just, especially now with Polanco down. Not saying he's gonna be out for the whole year, obviously, but this outfield is just atrocious. Like there's really not much stopping. There's not much saying we got to give Swaggery as many AAA at bats as possible because. You know, we can't take away bats from XYZ on the major league team. We we got to sort this roster out. You know, maybe I have to make a trade here or two. We can fit Swaggerty in. I mean, he can be in there right now, I'm sure. Might not be best for his development. Let's let's keep him in AAA for right now. But I don't think, like, really Tom is <laughs> holding Swaggerty back, if you know what I mean. No. You know, no. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure Swaggerty's probably better than Tom right now. It just makes, of course, sense to have Swagger in AAA right now to continue that development, see what he does there. And I'm, I'm with you there. I think um, I think the move to AAA is a is a strong message that shows, yeah, we we want Swagger to get here as, as quick as possible. Yeah. And you again, know? the age, it's not as if like he is young by any means either. Like he mm-hmm. he, he should be. You know, in the majors right now, theoretically. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, yeah, I would think that you know, if you were looking at a college draft pick picked in twenty eighteen, you know, twenty twenty one, that's mm-hmm. that's your year. Yeah. Yep. So he, being in AAA right now means he's he's kind of right on he's kind of back right on track. Mm-hmm. Agree, agree. Um. So then, I guess outside of that. By the again, again with Contreras between you and our group message, and then like me on Twitter because Alex Stump was at the game as well. I like, I think I just glued into like YouTube, just all the comments and tweets going back and forth because I couldn't watch the game. Um, I was also out getting dinner, but <laughs> but it was yeah. just fantastic seeing on all the clips and everything. Um, so I guess, yeah, uh, the last thing I guess would go to Altoona, anything that stood out there. Uh, I know. So Head did make his first plate appearance with the Pirates organization, got a hit, and then struck out three times. Um, one game, but that's pretty much as as advertised for him, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Bra- so that, so he started off in Bradenton. So 
it's going to take me a while. To oh, get my bad. It. That's what I meant. Not Altuve. It's going to take me a while to remember that like Bradenton and Greensboro switched spots. So Bradenton is now the low A team, right? Right. Um, but uh, yeah, Bradenton had a rough night last night. They had a lead going to the ninth inning and then gave up four runs in the ninth. But um, they, they've got some interesting people too. Like you mentioned, Hudson had singled in his in his first bat. Then then he struggled the rest of the game. But um, Andy Rodriguez also in Bradenton. So he was in that, you know, all of a sudden the Mets just squeaked into that Padre, that Musgrove deal for right. some reason and sent us Andy Rodriguez. So And what's funny, let's let's give let's give three seconds to that. We were kind of yeah. on board, like, why did they not keep him? You know, they could have used him and flipped him and well, by the way, he's looked awful this year. So maybe the Pirates made a good choice. <laughs> yeah so andy andy rodriguez comes over he's now immediately the top catching prospect in the organization so that'll make him someone to watch because there's literally nobody else other than him but he goes two for four last night in his debut so nice to see obviously yep um, now let's get into it tyler's boy yes <laughs> Alexander Mahika, I think is how you pronounce it. I don't even know. Um, just hit a bomb yesterday. Holy First off, hell. I didn't realize how I didn't realize how big this guy was. This is another thing too. MinorLeagueBaseball.com says that Mohika is six one one ninety five. No, no, out of two, <laughs> and, and flip the nine like that. That boy's two sixty five. Easy. That, <laughs> that guy's like he looked like he was like six five two seventy. Like <laughs> right, just, he, he's playing against these little eighteen year old boys, and then Mojica comes up here and he's just like an absolute monster. And I he mean, just he seriously looked like Vlad Junior of last year. <laughs> and he, yeah, and he just clobbered a baseball, like just just absolutely destroyed it. Um, and he's at, at, uh, yeah, eighteen years old. So he will be. Uh, one to look at there. Uh, I mean, I don't see how he can play anything other than first base, but um, <laughs> the, the, the DH will be in that. By then. As, that was, that was <laughs> the first time I ever actually saw him like was with that highlight. And I was like, Oh man, this guy's huge. He was like, he kind of like Miguel Sano, like, right. Mm. Like just, just like a monster and this ball. I mean, he just absolutely clobbered this baseball. So yeah, yeah he'll be, he'll be a fun one to watch for sure. For sure. It was always like, there's this name, but you know, he's, he's international. He hasn't really gone to the States and done anything, you know? Um, so it was like, you know, I, I can't wait to, to see him. Well, Jim, we saw him, <laughs> we saw him and, and wow, you know, he's doing this at 18. I, I mean, I, I weight might be an issue for him. I mean, that could seriously be a thing. Like he might go that Vlad route the way he looks at 18 years old, you know? He might be uh, having some off seasons where we're talking about his weight, like Vlad Jr. was. But man, did he hit the hell out of that baseball? So yeah, he crushed it. Yeah, crushed yeah. it. That that to me was definitely one of the highlights of the nights as well. Uh, to me, it was like Contreras, and then it was Mojica because that ball yep. was annihilated. But yeah, so minor league baseball is back. Um, definitely more fun to watch. I feel this summer than than the Pirates. Just is what it is, but that is the future. So we'll keep you we'll keep you up to date on the minor leagues here. Yeah, I'm just excited to have it back. So, you know, every I mean cuz you know, the Pirates can have off days every now and then, right? So it's good to have something. Um I, that was always my thing. I was like if the Pirates were off or on the West Coast, hey, let's check and see how the minor leagues are doing. So And that was honestly this that could have been more perfect, like you said, cuz it was a West Coast game. So you literally could just watch the games you didn't have to feel guilty of not watching the pirates because we knew you were watching the minor leagues last night not the pirates right especially with tatis on the bench i mean geez there's no reason tatis isn't starting no reason no not jim's boy (laughs) all right so let's wrap this up any last words anything you want to uh, finish with here um i think we covered it all um hopefully Hopefully last night's win turns into some better baseball and the offense can start picking it back up again. That's more fun. It definitely is. Yeah. Let's substitute some some bad pitching again for good offense. 
Yeah. Right. All right. We'll see you guys then tomorrow night. It's another off day tomorrow, isn't it? It is. Jesus. Maybe we got to change these Thursday nights. <laughs> so much of these post-game things. <laughs> All right. We'll yeah. see you guys later. Bye-bye. Later, guys.